Hi, everybody, and welcome to the 100 Pounders special focus meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Rita Q. Today is Wednesday, the 31st of May, 2023, and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Lewis S., who's come to speak to us from L.A. Lewis first came to OA in 2016. He was born and raised in Chicago, a very important point, but now lives in Los Angeles, and he has been there since 2012. So, Lewis, I'm going to let it over to you, leave it to you now to tell us your experience, strength, and hope. Take it away. Hi, uh, good morning, everyone, uh, uh, or good morning for me, good afternoon for some of you, and happy midday lunchtime for some of the other ones. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Rita, for, for asking me to be here. Um, can't say no to you. I'm at work, so you know you might see me kind of wave off some people. Of course, I'm right next to a big window, and people still knock, uh, but, that, but that's okay. Um, welcome to the newcomers. If, if uh, anyone's here that's new, might hear some wacky stuff. I might cry a little bit. I tend to be a crier. Uh, I did what well, wasn't before, but I but I am now. Um, my name's Lewis. I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, I just celebrated seven years. Uh, I had my OA birthday a, a couple weeks ago. On the 11th, um, continuous abstinence, and and only a few years of uh, of. Uh, kind of not as crazy brain uh <laughs> it's lessened but you know wacky thoughts still pop in um before i get into all that let me just give you some quick stats um and share some pictures uh let's see i swear every time i do this i feel like it's like the first time i'm sharing and i'm like is this the right button okay here we go if um not sure if you're listening to this later on in the recording session but i'm showing off some pictures of me at close to my highest weight uh well over 380 pounds uh, you, some of you might have seen these before, but uh, I, every time I see them, I forget that I was that size. So this is why I'm so glad that I get to share these with you guys just to, to remember I, I can't shut the door on the past. Um, you know, even nice clothes, uh, some fun stuff I was doing. I was working at a very fun, popular um, hip hop station in Chicago and, uh, you know, having this like incredible life that other people would call incredible. But I, I, I don't remember a lot of it, but you know, heavy, no neck. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's just a head on a big body and incredibly sad. I was eating and drinking at this point. Uh, I was just kind of getting through life. Um, not a lot of fun. Um, a lot of self-will run riot. I was the big bull, the big dog. I was the bull in the China shop at work. Uh, at home, I was, you know, nuking relationships left and right uh, with friends and family. Uh, and uh, not not a great time generally. Uh, here's a few years later. I uh, I always joke about the damn cardigans. I got to find pictures where I don't have the same gray cardigan. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, here I dropped down to about I don't know 170 or something like that. But you know, absolutely bat crap crazy. Look at this. Like these eyes are just crazed. You know, very much in self will very much self-will run riot, very, very, very much with a lot of great ideas, failing at them and then blaming everyone else. I do miss that Star Wars shirt though. Um, and this is why I show those pictures because, you know, this ain't, this ain't about the weight for me, right? I might've come in, you know, cause I was being 313 pounds or 20, whatever, 330 when I, when I came back, but, you know, like in these photos, but, you know, here I am doing the thing where, where, you know, I'm, and you can tell me if I'm the only one where I would layer up clothing. So you couldn't tell how big I was or me hiding behind a, a, a table. Like I'm sitting here in this photo thinking that that would hide, 
how big I was, but you can't hide 330 pounds. Can't do it. And, and what's crazy is the weight um, that I put on to get there from here was about a year. Um, you know, life got hard. I had moved to a new city from, from Chicago to Los Angeles. Uh, my marriage was in shambles. Um, and of course, you know, the, the PR department would love to tell you that I had no part in that, you know, destruction of, of marriage, but I had, I had more than my fair share of, 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 of handiwork in that, um, you know, life got hard and, and I couldn't handle it. Right. I couldn't deal with life on life's terms, but let's not end on a downer with the photos. Here's uh, me and some incredible friends. There's like literally a thousand pictures like these. These are just ones I, I happen to have here. Uh, I have this incredible community of people. You know, uh, I don't even care about the weight in this photo. I'm a hundred pounder, but that's not, that's not even the important thing here. The, the people that I'm surrounded with that, that I've stuck around to, I've latched myself onto, uh, um, uh, have been buoys, have been, you know, uh, life rafts, they've been candles, they've been, you know, street lights on this path, whatever, whatever nice metaphor you want to use, you know, these people have been absolute lifesavers in my life. And, and one of the things I really want to hit on today is that, 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 that is this thing of not doing things alone, because it was my favorite thing to do before this, you know, my, my, you know, I, I would love to say that it's something my, my parents instilled in me, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, they, they let me and my two brothers go to different schools, elementary schools to just, you know, breed independence. And I would love to tell you that's why I ate, right? You know, but guess what? My brothers have no problem asking for help. You know, I would love to tell you that, that the reason I ate was because of some, med some of my medical conditions that I was born with, right? Like acquired a crap ton of surgeries. And I would love to tell you that's why I ate, right? Oh no, it's because my dad's an alcoholic. That's why I ate, right? Or maybe because, you know, my dad never said, I love you. You know, may, I'd love to tell you that's it. Because I'm bad at school, may, or I was bad at school. Maybe that's it. And at the end of the day, in doing this, this the last seven years, it just, I was born this way. And, and this is why doesn't matter. Happy home, broken home, latchkey kid, you know, uh, uh, homeschooled, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, right? Purple, brown, uh, uh, you know, rich, poor, whatever. Here we are in the same room of, of how many people? 110 people, 109. Someone just dropped off. Uh, uh, I won't take it personal. Uh, <laughs> that 100 who, who, of people who normally would not mix here we share a common peril. And, and I'm glad that at the beginning, before the recording starts, there's a moment for the compulsive overeater who's still suffering in and out of these rooms. And, and, and it's so important before, before I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, let me just check my texts one last time. Right. Let me let me just let me just kind of think about what my grocery list is. Let me let me think about who I have to call back later. And and the hard thing that I had to have happen for me here was to watch two men die from this disease. So, so today I can take the time to really remember the compulsive overeater who still suffers in and out of these rooms. And, 
And in watching that happen, it's not a pretty way to go. This is a serious killing disease. I would love to tell you that, that it's like, like when I came in, I'd be like, oh, I just want to fit into this outfit. I bought these pants two years ago and, you know, my goal is in the fit into them and blah, blah, blah. And, and all of a sudden, when I focused on the work, when I, when I got into this, really got into this, sometimes unwillingly, right? Sometimes I got to be dragged into it. You know, my life changed. And, and all I can tell you is, 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 is that it's a freaking miracle. Um, I, I want to tell you how, how it all sort of happened. Um, you know, I got, I got to a point, right. The up and down, the weight up and down. I lost my brother's kidney. Um, cause I don't know if you knew this. I, I have a, a, putting on a hundred pounds in less than a year. It's not great for a kidney transplant. So I've heard, uh, I'd put on, uh, I'd gotten a kidney transplant in the midst of all that. Isn't that funny? Like that's barely a blip on the radar of all this drama and wreckage that I've caused in my past that I'm like, oh yeah, I had a kidney transplant in 2009 that my brother gave me. Uh, I lost it a few years ago. Uh, two, uh, I don't remember what year. I lost it like maybe some eight years later. And it was one of the hardest things I ever experienced because of course I sat there and, and, and blame self-doubt and you know, fear and, and, you know, I remember sitting there that, that, uh, sitting there that in that emergency room, thinking to myself, like, I could either keep this to myself, you know, do, do what I used to do, right. Handle things in house, take care of business, and then just fill you in on how great I did with it. Or I can call my sponsor and ask for help. And, 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 it was genuine fear. Oh, the power's back. We had a power outage here in the building this morning at work uh, and the power just came back on. We've been running on generators. Uh, but anyway, I, I sat there in, in so much doubt and fear that I called my sponsor and just said, what do I do? And, and really that's, that's when God became everything for me. Um, you know, when, in, in how it works, there's this, uh, you know, it says, you know, our stories disclosed in a general way, but you know what we learned, blah, 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 blah. But at some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. It took me about three to four years to let go absolutely. I was still hedging my bets with God. I was still going, you know, maybe, yeah, he could take away the food stuff. Yeah, I don't, I'm not killing myself with food today. But man, oh man, was I still wrapped in fear. And this is after the, the getting into beaten uh, into a state of reasonableness to even get into the rooms, right? To take the suggestion of my therapist to come to OA. Even bawling my eyes out at my first meeting because the anorexic woman who spoke had the same story as me. It wasn't enough for me to let go, absolutely. It took me being pinned up against the wall. It sounds rough. You know, I, I, I tell people it felt like being, you know, put up against the wall by the throat and going, dude, are you in or are you out? And I was in enough fear that day that, 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 
that I went all in and I've been all in since. I thought I could find an easier, softer way. And I love that, that there, these guys who wrote this book, these people who wrote this book years ago, right? They're begging us. Well, why would they beg us? You know, odds are pretty good. It's because they had a crap time with it too, right? Remember that we deal with alcohol, food, cunning, baffling, powerful, without help, it is too much for us, right? And, and that's, that's the crazy thing. If this disease sounded like someone else, if it sounded like, like, like someone I don't like, or if it sounded like, like, you know, the, the guy who cut me off in traffic and flipped me off, if it sounded like someone else, I'd be like, great, get out of here. Disease, I'm not interested, right? But this thing sounds just like me. It sounds just like me and it makes it so easy for me to co-sign on my stuff. And, it, and it's still, it's still tempting. I, you know, I told you I celebrated my OA birthday a couple of weeks ago. I called, I called a fellow to, and asked him to give me a candle uh, at, at, at a meeting. And the first thought that popped into my head was like, maybe he won't want to give me a candle. This is someone who I've known for seven years, trudged this path with, you know, uh, not had secrets with, right? A, li a literal brother in this program. And I still thought maybe he won't want to give me a candle. Disease sounds just like me. There is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now, right? And I've always loved that because it's like they use an exclamation point, <laughs> like right now, ASAP. And I still hedge my bets for three, four years. I like to joke that I've, I've yet to meet a corner that I haven't loved to cut. I like, I like a good shortcut, but it hasn't worked for me here with the shortcuts. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. And then here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of action. I've been very lucky where, where you know, like, of course, what's the best way to have me not do something? And that's to tell me to do it. You know, I got to make my stumbles. I got to, to the pain of, of sitting around and waiting six months to do my first, fourth step. Imagine trying to rip a Band-Aid off. I mean, the thing's practically glued to your skin and then just trying to take it off little by little. When I could have just ripped it out. Let me tell you, every other subsequent fourth step didn't take tell, huh? But I couldn't even trust then that my sponsor had gone through the same thing. Look at all these amazing people around us today that have walked these things that we're afraid to do still. And look at all the amazing things, the, the firsts that people have had once they've put the food down, right? Once they started working the steps, as these miracles and promises start to happen, all the amazing firsts that start to happen, right? You know, uh, uh, I, I was so scared and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have my first sober trip back home. Oh my God, I'm going to have my first sober day at the office. I'm going to have my first sober day uh, talking to my dad on the phone. And all it took was 
for me to put up against the wall to cease fighting anything or anyone. Let me tell you, I'm not good at that. Every day, every day, every morning, I wake up all over again and I am an addict with food, you know, with an unmanageable life and I get to reconnect with God. I work in radio, so I like saying that my antenna is busted and I get to straighten it out every morning with prayer and meditation. My receiver is busted and I get to fix it every morning. And the reason is the first thing I do, I, I start going rogue. My brain likes to go rogue. And, and that brings me to this, this really important thing that I love in step five uh, uh, in the AA 12 and 12. If, if, if you don't have it, get it. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's my second favorite book next to, after the big book, and it just reminds me of the not doing things alone. Uh, more realism and therefore more honesty about ourselves are great gains we make under the influence of step five. As we took inventory, we began to suspect how much trouble self delusion had been causing us. Boy oh boy, that the truth. I couldn't even hear myself sometimes what I was saying. I used to lie without even thinking about it. Just roll out, roll, roll right off my tongue. The excuses and the things I would talk smack about how other people were doing things and there I was doing it, same song, different lyrics. It goes on, as we took in blah, blah, self-delusion had been causing us, this had, this had brought us a disturbing reflection If all our lives we had more or less fooled ourselves how could we now be so sure that we weren't still self-deceived? How could we be certain that we had made a true catalog of our defects and had really admitted them even to ourselves because we were still bothered by fear, self-pity, and hurt feelings? Holy crap. Did they write this book about me? Um, it was probable we couldn't appraise ourselves fairly at all. Too much guilt and remorse might cause us to dramatize and exaggerate our shortcomings. Um, <laughs> I've never been uh, accused of uh, being dramatic or exaggerating things. Yes, I have. Uh, uh, or anger and hurt pride might be the smokescreen under which we were hiding some of our defects while we blamed others for them. Possibly too, we were still handicapped by many liabilities, great and small, we never knew we had. I have such a blind spot with these things. I am blind to my own BS but I will happily co-sign it. So the 12 and 12 tells us that, and then what, what is great news, don't worry, right? It's not all bad news. Hence, it was most evident that a solitary self-appraisal and the admission of our defects based upon that alone wouldn't be nearly enough. We'd have to have outside help if we were surely to know and admit the truth about ourselves, the help of God and another human being. Only by discussing ourselves, holding back nothing, only by being willing to take advice and accept direction could we set foot on the road to straight thinking, solid honesty, and genuine humility. There is nothing I have to do alone. And, and I, will, I, will, I will say that till I'm, I'm blue in the face and practice that till I'm blue in the face. There's nothing I have to do alone. I myself, I, I am a reality denier. I, I, I hit up people to help me write an email. 
you know, when I'm cranky at salespeople, right? I, when I'm in fear, I've asked people to go places with me. I've talked things out with folks. I mean, I love telling the story about how once, this is maybe like six years ago, five years ago, five years ago, I, I was, um, I was uh, getting uh, a guest at the front of the front of the building. And, you know, we've got like these swipey door things. And I was getting him for a host, uh, one of my hosts. And I got the door and the guy, guy said, hey, thanks for fetching me. And my face turned red hot. I was beat red. I was livid because I'm like, what do you mean? I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean? Hey, thanks for fetching you. Like, I'm a dog. I'm a manager here, sir. Don't you know who I am? I'm very important and very critical to the operations of this blah, 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 blah. And I dropped the golf and I held on to it for a while, so much so that I came back to my office and I started Googling, is fetching someone offensive? That's insane. And I'm hot about it. And I'm still not willing to like call anyone on it. I get on the phone and I'm driving and I've got like an hour drive home. <laughs> and it took about to minute 47 where I'm like, uh, -uh you know, what's a good idea. If I call my sponsor, I hit him up. I tell him the story, just like I told you. And he says, long pause. He goes, Lewis, that's crazy. Solid self-appraisal just ain't going to cut it for me. That's, that's the kind of wacky stuff that I do. And, and I, I wish I could, you know, I, I, um, I wish that wasn't the case sometimes. Because um, I, I like to think back. I want, there are days where, where, where I want to forget what it was like and think about all the happy and it's great. I love it. But I want to forget how that night I sat there with the phone so heavy, not wanting to call anyone. And I remember thinking like, I can, I can do this alone, right? I had a pull myself up for my bootstraps mentality. I, I, don't, I don't need anyone. Why do I need to tell anyone my secrets? Why do I need anyone to know what's going on with me? I have a presentable front and that's all you get. But again, right, we go, we go back into the big book. Page 124. Knowing others who suffer, how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others with it, you can avert death and misery for them. So I don't, I don't come here to go, woe is me. I don't, you know, the pity party for Lewis is over today. I don't, I don't sit here for you to feel bad for me or sit there and go, oh, you know, like, you know, poor guy or whatever. I, my hope is that, that you don't have to get to those lengths. I hope it doesn't take you sitting in an emergency room. I hope it doesn't take disaster for you to fully give yourself up to a higher power. Hope it, I hope it doesn't take, take you know, the whole world falling apart or just having it feel like it for, for, for you to cease fighting. It doesn't have to be that. 
so many wonderful things have happened since. Repaired relationships. It's the biggest one. Reconnections with family, friends. I moved to a whole other city. And I effectively cut everyone off. Making amends, cleaning up my side of the street, not building this, this, this recovery like on a landfill. Still cleaning up stuff as I go. Right? Actually, right, giving stuff over to my higher power. Right? I, I, I'm a visual person. I love seeing sort of these bins and circles of stuff that's, you know, that's in front of me today. And it's so funny. God's pile is so massive, right? I just keep chucking stuff in it. Not my business, not my problem, not my issue, right? I don't need to worry about that today. And I just keep throwing stuff on the pile, stuff on the pile. And oddly enough, God has yet to go like, dude, that's enough. God hasn't gone like, cut it out already. God hasn't said, I don't want to hear your crap. Oddly enough, none of you have said that to me either. What do you have in front of me today is so small. It's so small. And the best part is not all of them are hills to die on. Not all of them are life or death. And that's such a gift. You know, to accept help when it's offered. You know, I'll, I'll embarrass her if she, if she, I know she's here. Like, Susan, one of the first times we met, like, she took me grocery shopping to show me how to do that. Now, she'll tell you that I kept accidentally hitting the back of her feet with the shopping cart, but I think, I think that's, you know, not true. Uh, <laughs> but she didn't have to do that. We didn't even have the friendship we have today, right? She saw a guy in trouble. Another man took my call every hour on the hour, my first day, without the food. Every hour on the hour, just so I could tell him I didn't eat. People who, who heard me, my crazy, right, and told me, great, fantastic, glad you told me, and that there is a solution. the solution if you're struggling today like doesn't doesn't have to be this way and that was the scariest and exciting thing for me it doesn't have to be this way you know today i've gotten so many gifts and sometimes i've gotten exactly what i asked for and that's been trouble too you know uh three minutes that's three minutes okay
and that's been trouble too sometimes, right? Because I was like, I want to, years ago, I was like, I want to seat at the table. I want to make decisions. I want to do this. Great, Lewis, you're promoted and here you have to fire three people. Guess what? Next year, you're going to fire 12. Holy crap. Maybe I don't want. But right, you know, the, in the 12 and 12, it talks about, I think it's a step three, three or four. It talks about, you know, we see these fellows around us who, who have faith at work under all conditions, right? Walk through seemingly impossible situations. And, and, and we saw that we wanted that and, and the price for it was just humility. You know, pride, ego, they lead the parade of all my, my, my bad ideas and my, my character defects. And if I can get those out of the way, you know, I'm free to be helpful. Someone had a, a, a definition for recovered and recovery as, as, uh, as restored to usefulness. You know, I feel restored to usefulness today. And I'm glad uh, I asked for three minutes because I the thing I wanted to end on was one of my favorite stories in the big book is in the back. It's page 510. And it's just this last page in particular that really hits me hard because it kind of, I, I tend to ramble sometimes, but this sort of kind of encapsulates everything I feel about this. Um, it says, uh, the meetings gave me what my sponsor likes to call the most important words in the big book. AA put a we in my life. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. I no longer had to be alone. Fellowship and activity kept me coming back long enough to work the 12 steps. The more I did, the better I felt. I started hanging out with my sponsor and some active people at the meetings. They showed me how gratitude is something that is demonstrated, not talked about. Gratitude is action. They suggested I was lucky to still have a car, even though it was a junker. Therefore, I might consider taking the less fortunate to meetings. They reminded me you can't teach anything to a know-it-all, so remain teachable. When old behaviors started to creep back in, they called me on it. When life just didn't feel right, they talked about developing faith and relying on my higher power. They told me lack of power was my dilemma and that there is a solution. I took to AA immediately and believed like a child that if I leveled my pride enough to thoroughly follow their path, I'd get what they had and it worked. And work. It's working today. And I'll tell you straight up, uh, there's nothing special about what I did. There's nothing special about me, right? I'm just, I, I like to say, I'm just a dopey guy who ran out of ideas. I was just tired of fighting. Right? I was Roberto Duran, no mas. The sports boxing thing of look it up it's pretty good but it's time. um that's time right on time thanks for letting me share everyone oh Lewis, thank you so much for what a wonderful message of uh death and weight and i just was reminded i normally read from the big book but i was reminded of something when you spoke on the aa 12 and 12 but now we see ourselves as chips off the same old block at heart we all have been abnormally fearful it mattered little whether we had sat on the shore of life drinking ourselves into forgetfulness or had plunged into recklessly and willfully beyond our depth and ability. The result was the same. All of us had nearly perished in a sea of alcohol. But today, in well-matured AAs, these distorted drives have been restored to do something like their true purpose and direction. We no longer strive to dominate or rule those about us in order to gain self-importance. We no longer seek fame and honor in order to be praised. When by devoted service to family, friends, business or community, we attract widespread affection and are sometimes singled out for posts of greater responsibility and trust. We try to be humbly grateful and exert ourselves more in the spirit of love and service. 
True leadership we find depends upon able example and not upon vain displays of power and glory. Thank you so much again, Lewis. If we all give him a big hand, that would be